Welcome to WO50, Women Over 50 in Body Wisdom and Wellness. My name is Corinne, and I'm here with Eddie, my BFF of many years. And this is the second episode of Wisdom of the Ages, where Eddie and I uh, are talking about our ahas and our life lessons. And we, it was such a, we probably even had more to share, but we split this episode into two. Um, so that you can enjoy it in in little chunks and sips instead of one big long one. Or you could just keep listening. Yep. It was yummy. It was yummy. You went, you did some deep dives into, we kind of started, we kind of went all over. We talked about when we were younger, we told some stories. And then the wisdom now that we have as we've gotten older, how we're still learning. I mean, lots, lots of good stuff. I think we came right from, I think you started before you were born. And then I started at around <laughs> five. And then we came right up to president, president moment, present <laughs> moment. And then even had some ahas. Some ahas. We yeah. hope you enjoy as much as, as much as we do. What are we going to do? We got to go on and do more. <laughs> yeah. Awareness trumps our. Yes. Emotions are, are judgments, our fears are. Yes. And that takes me to one of my lessons, which I am not my thoughts. So that's one of my big life lessons. And of course I don't, it's one of the things I, I work on with my clients, with my coaching clients and with my yoga students and with my friends, you know, because it's such an important one to not be identified with your thoughts, feelings, and emotions. But it do, did take me a very, very, very long time to really embody and get, because I first started hearing you're not your thoughts 30 years ago. And I got it intellectually, but I did not get it and experientially until probably, I don't know, I don't want to put time on it, but I'm saying probably five or six years ago. Really, so that's a long time on the journey to finally, finally get, because I honestly don't, pretty much believe anything that I think. Mm -hmm. Like I, I don't believe because I know that it's just a thought, and it's, it's, it's like, it's comes and goes, and depending on what mood I'm in is what what the quality of the thought that comes in, and you know, it, this is not the podcast to explain my whole process in it, but but that's been a huge relief and a huge aha for me is to not believe what I think. It's great. It's great. My, my nephew said that the other day. He said, I, I think it was just really innocent how he said it. But he said, you know, I had a thought come in and I just didn't like it. So I decided not to think about it. I was like, beautiful. That's great. What did you do? He said, I just did something else. I just yeah. did something else. Beautiful. So I beautiful. Know. Out of the mouths of babes. Yeah. I mean, I'm like, oh, hold that now. <laughs> hold, you know, it's, yeah, it's beautiful. Mm. Yeah. Mm. That's mm. great. Yeah. I, another th one big life lesson for me was, and this comes around to a Deepak, um, uh, one of my Deepak, um, seminars that I was at years ago. I remember, do you, I remember when Princess Diana died, I was in Asheville, North Carolina at the Grove Park Inn with 500 other people doing something called Seduction of Silence, which was eight days of silence with Deepak Chopra. Hmm. And so none of us had 
are, you know, no TVs, no phones, nothing. And I don't think there were cell phones back then anyway, but we didn't have access to any news. And so nobody knew when Princess Di had passed away. So Deepak came in, it was probably day four or five of eight days of silence and said, you know, I want to let you know, since you all aren't, don't have devices that Princess Diana was killed in a, a car accident and a police in a chase with the, with the paparazzi, not paparazzi, a paparazzi. And um, he, and he went on to say that, to give a beautiful lecture about how it was the end of an era of women waiting for Prince Charming to come along and to save them. Hmm. And I resonated with that because we were, we were our generation and the generations before us. And it's been, it's slowly changing now in the last 20 years was raised on the Disney books of the Prince Charming coming along and saving. We were, that was programmed into us. Hmm. And I certainly even though I was independent and didn't get married till I was 43. And I certainly had an, and I had an aha in my early thirties after I'd started meditating and been on my silent retreat and all that. I was in my apartment in the Jacksonian in Nashville. And I remember, you know, just having this big aha come over me that I'm not going to wait any longer for some man for my life to start till I meet my person, you know, my Prince Charming to come along. And, you know, cause I was always like making decisions based on what if I meet a person or don't meet a person. This is one of the things I tell for people for coaching now is like, don't ever make decisions on something that may or may not happen in the future. You make your decision on right now, but this had to come to me through a big aha. And I realized I've been waiting for a man to come along to, you know, for whatever to really even to step into my life fully. Mm-hmm. And that was in my, that was, I was probably 32 or 33 when I that had that aha. Wow. And then to hear Deepak a few years later, or maybe right around, maybe right around that time, would it have been around that time? Probably was right around that time when he said the, the days of waiting for Prince Charming to come along died with Princess Diana. I thought that was a beautiful metaphor. Mm. Yeah, he has many to choose from, many metaphors. Yeah, it, it is beautiful. Because it is at that age, 30s, late 20s, early 30s, we we think about having children or starting a family or, and sometimes it's not always, you know, sometimes the person we're with, we go, oh, okay, guess this is what I do now. Sometimes there's that much thought that goes into it or there's, oh, this is what I dreamed about and we have sometimes not even in touch with why we're making the decision we're making. It's what was it for you? When, when you got married and, and had Alex, where is it oh. something you always wanted? Cause I was going to say, I never actually the whole waiting for a man had nothing to do with children. I never, ever wanted no, children. No, I, I, uh, yeah, I, I lived quite freely, you know, I traveled and I was in Vancouver and I was, you know, doing my own thing, living my life. And of course, you know, like you dated and, um, you didn't date as much as I did. No, I had a couple (laughs) of serious relationships where, you know, I thought I could marry that person, but then I wasn't ready. And then when I moved to Nashville, you know, and, and met my, my ex now, (laughs) um, 
you know, we were married 20 years. So it was my late forties. We got divorced, but no, I was in that mindset of, um, you know, I think now's the time to have a family or, but then the thought comes in and goes out and I'm with this person and, you know, is this love? Is this what is supposed to happen? That's, you know, I got to, I also was focusing on my career and, um, you know, keeping life happening, you know, just building upon, which a lot of 30 year olds do. You get your career going or you're, you're in a relationship. The next step is marriage. Then it's family or it's the other way around. <laughs> now there's no, you know, you can get your house first and have your child and then get married or not get married at all. It's all changed now. But for me, there wasn't a ton of thought that went into it. Now I have to start a family or, um, it just sort of happened. It just happened. Yeah, it happened. And that, that I just call life. Mm -hmm. Life happens. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then you just, you, you roll with it and you make the best of, of your life. And yeah. You know, it's different between us, I think. And you tell me, I feel like I had a very intense feeling of dissatisfaction of life that I don't feel that you've had. I feel like you have other things that you've dealt with, but I had an intense, and I don't, could be wrong. I've always had, well, until I started on this journey and found peace, but I had an intense dissatisfaction and an intense thirst to find lasting happiness. Hmm. Yeah. Well, no, we definitely differ there. Yeah. Yeah. Because, um, I didn't go that deep with myself. Like it, I just lived life. Yeah. You didn't question it. You were happy. No. Yeah. I just lived it. Whatever. Yeah. Which it I, I envy me. that actually. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it threw at me, you know, and it hasn't always been a, a, an easy ride. As you know, it's, there's been some big struggles and some challenging moments and, you know, big lessons. And, but it's almost like sometimes there's a naivety or, um, I don't know. Just, uh, I, I love life. I, I love, you know, living this, you know, way this in this mindset or, or, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? There's a word. Well, you, just, do you love your journey in this life? The hard and the easy, you, the joys and the sadness, you, uh, there's an acceptance of this is my journey and I accept it. And I'm just yes. in it. Yeah. And I'm see, just I've just always questioned it. I, I was questioning why, why am I a human? Why do I have thoughts? What does it mean to be human when I was 12? Yeah. Yeah. You didn't oh, question I've, that. No, I've asked those questions, but I don't sit with them. You know, I just go, this is the experience. This is, you know, me, this is, or not me or yeah. whatever. I, I just, I would never... Um, even in the struggles, I was like, okay, this, this is going to pass. And this, I have to, you know, tool up almost, you know, mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, you've come up with cool. as, as life has thrown things at you, you have just 
figured out how to deal with it in each one. Cause I've seen you deal with intense situations and it's not that you don't get upset or sad or, but you just, you figure out, okay, what tools needed and, you know, and yeah, I go to, and, and I love education. I love school. I have always loved school. I've loved learning. I, I love different ways of learning and I find the more, you know, and, and trying to not stay in that intellectual space, like you had said earlier, you know, you know it, but are you feeling it? Like, it's like one of my biggest aha moments now that we're talking about it is knowing all that I've studied, that I am now okay with not having the answer. I always had to have the, I had to, oh, I got it. Oh, I better learn that. And I better study that. And, oh, I need to know that. And because I get, you know, asked so many questions and I didn't, you don't ever want to look stupid or stumped and you've got all this schooling and, and now I'm okay with going, you know, I don't know that. I'm going to research that instead of feeling that swelling up of nervousness or anxiety or whatever that feeling is of going, oh God, I might not have the answer to this. Uh, and now it's like, I'm okay with not knowing. Mm -hmm. And that's only come in the past few years. Mm -hmm. That's come with getting older. Or just come, yeah. And you know, it has, it's come with just starting to just lay some stuff down that we don't need. Doesn't serve you anymore. No, because it is, what is it? Back to your thing again. It's just a thought. <laughs> well, you realize right. it's the truth is changing. That was one of my ahas is that there there is no such thing as ultimate truth. I mean, mm. people always talk about truth, 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 this, truth, that. And I'm like, I mean, you can just look back over thousands of years to see we all thought the, that the truth was the earth was flat. You know, then we all thought that cigarettes didn't kill you. Yeah. You know, and there's so many things we all thought that Vietnam War was, you know, justified or whatever it was, or that there was met weapons of mass destruction in Kuwait. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, it's like, there is no such thing, the truth and everybody's truth is different. Yep. And uh, where the world is not nearly as black and white as we would like it to be, you know? But you know what's really interesting is that when you when you look at some things in your life right now that someone would hold and go, oh, I remember because you were, this was you. Like what some of your friends have said about you, you're always light and, you know, there was a light shining from you. There was always a seeker, you know, mm -hmm. the the seeker in you. Mine, my peeps will say, you were always healthy. You always ate well. You were always exercising. Like your healthy habits, like you've had them like forever. I go, you know, you're absolutely right. So no wow. wonder, you know, I love what I do. It's been my life. There's an aha moment. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's why your, your handle is healthy Eddie. Isn't that funny? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting how we each gather the information that moves us through our lives in such different ways. Yet mm -hmm. here we are. Yeah. Here we are enjoying a shared experience. We have different experiences, but we also enjoyed, enjoy our, our shared experience as well. 
Yes. So, um, so do we want to talk? We're, this is going to be a two part. Um, this is probably, we're probably into the second part already, actually. And, and so I don't know how many more ahas you have. I'm sure you've come up with a couple of, as, as we've been talking about it. So, um, so one of the big ahas, and this is probably going to be the same for you is that I could thrive without my family's permission, understanding, or blessing. This was big for me because I have led such a different life. You know, I quit university after four months, three months, Simon Fraser University of Vancouver to join a band and go on the road and sing. And um, <clears throat> I even fibbed to my father after my second band broke up. I was working at his water slide for the summer and and he was trying to get me to say, okay, go back to school. And I was like, okay, dad, I'm going to go to hairdressing school. And when I said to that, I knew it would appease him, but I had absolutely no inclination to, I mean, if I was to do anything, if I was forced, if my hand was forced to do something, hairdressing school would have been it. But, um, but I had no plan. I was going to join another band. And so I had such a unique, you know, journey of not doing any schooling and following moving to Australia to sing at world expo 88, sang at world expo 86 in Vancouver, and then expo 88. In, in Australia. And then with that money, I moved to Nashville. And so I, I did struggle for a long time wanting to win my dad's approval. Um, my mom and my sister always I, accepted me for who I was. They, not that they didn't worry about me, but accepted me for who I was. And my dad and my brother always thought I was kind of probably a nut job they would say, or, you know, or just kind of not stable or not focused or whatever. And actually was very stable and was very focused. It just wasn't in the box that they thought was, you know, even I remember my brother saying years ago, his, his, I'm like, I am successful. And he goes, he goes, no, success is owning your own house. And I was like, really? Cause there's the a lot of people su- that are, you success, know, success looks different on everyone. It's different for everybody. Yeah. What one and happiness is to me is the biggest success. What's Um, successful, you know, what's success mean to somebody? Sometimes it's having an amazing, long, happy, healthy life with tons of friend connections. And to someone else, it's like they got billions of dollars tucked away in the bank. And wow. Wow. You know that those are big differences. Yeah. Meant that a lot of people measure it by money and, and, you know, I've always, I think I've said this to you for years. I always felt money has always been an energy. It's always an energy you need it sometimes and you don't need it sometimes. But for yeah, reason, I say yeah. I have a, a little bit different. I say money is energy. It's no more important or less important than anything else. It is important because it is energy. Energy is important but it's not as it's not a God, you know, in the West, we kind of worship um, money and uh, like, like the Indians worship God, you know, but, um, but yeah, it, it's it different for everybody. What, what their version of success, but I had to come to peace with it in myself. I knew that inside I, it didn't really, you know, it took me a while to get to the fact that they were never going to approve of me. And somewhere along the way, they both did. 
Mm-hmm. But it wasn't for a very, very long time because I did not ever have their version and still don't have their version of success. Yeah. Yeah. How about you and your family? I know that's probably a big one for you too. Um, Yeah, you know, because I moved away. I was young. You know, I I started, moved into the city when I was 15 and started at university. And then, you know, I was turning 16 and went into nursing school at 17. And I was making these decisions in life just on my own, you know, where I look now at people with families and most of them back then too were discussing their lives and what they should do in life with their families, with their parents. But I was just like making these decisions really early on myself. Like I'm like, "Hmm, maybe I'll go to med school and, but then I don't have enough money. So I'll take out a student loan. So I'm figuring it out for myself. Right. And And my parents were, you know, I would mention it to them, but they lived busy lives. And, um, and then when I I moved, what, go ahead. I feel like you went to school, put yourself through school, worked, put yourself through school and Mm -hmm. moved because you, you were raised in not a very affluent, like your parents didn't have much money. You guys didn't have very much. And wasn't that a motivating factor? It it was. Oh, yes. I mean, it it was. I mean, they both, both my, you know, mom and dad wanted us to, you know, school was important, get get educated and it was important. And, you know, my father, he he couldn't read or write and he was a businessman. He was a mayor of a a small community. Like, you know, no one would ever know. And I remember as a kid, he would say, you know, he'd pick up the book and I'd look at him and I would read it and, and I would pass it to my dad to, to read some of it. And he says, no, no, you go ahead and read it. You need, you need to practice. <laughs> you so you didn't it. even know. No, I had no clue. I had no clue. And uh, yeah. And mom, of course, you know, mom, my dad was taken out of school when he was in second grade because he was one of 15 kids. And he had to, you know, bring water and help around with the chores and, um, and, and my mom, you know, she was, she had a big crowd too. And, you know, it's another big long story. That would be another podcast, but, you know, they believed education was really important because you would go places and that's all I did when I was young. I would read everything I could get my hands on. I would read, I would be the character in the book. I would, I would see these places in my mind, you know, Italy or Spain or, you know, Norway or wherever these places were, even the U.S. seemed, oh, wow, I'm going to go there one day. So I would have these, you know, kind of visions of what I wanted. And, but growing up, yeah, I felt if I got an education, I would be able to travel. I would be able to do things and I could build upon it. So becoming a nurse was, you know, wow, everybody needs nurses still to this day, nurses are needed. And um, it was a a good choice. And back then it was also, I could have done some music because I was dabbling in music, but I kept going, "Mm, hmm, do nursing. Yeah. And that never crossed my mind. I always thought education was like, that's why I quit after three months. I was like, this is the most useless thing I've ever seen in my life. Like, why or why would I want, this has nothing to do with anything that I want to do in my life. 
Oh, I loved, I loved attending things and studying and um, I still do. I still have a passion for learning. You know, it's like the more I know, the more I don't know. That's my line, Eddie. That's one of my things. The more I know, the more I don't know. I love learning too, but I like line. learning different things. What's that? That belongs to everybody. The more the I more don't I know, know, the more I don't know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I knew you'd resonate with that one too. It was on my yes. list and I was like, you, you're going to resonate with that too. Yeah. So yeah, no, I, um, I love, I love learning, but I like, I love learning different things. I don't like school learning. I don't like book learning. I like listening to podcasts and like insights into life and insights into psyche and insights into decision-making mm -hmm. and all that stuff. And you're, you, you like, you know, all the medical stuff and the, you know, it's very, it's a very different learning. Yes. Well, and you also, you know, this is great. We're discussing this because you also being the amazing meditator that you are, there is another ability right there that you get. Like there's so much I feel comes in, in that silence of meditation that, you know, we don't know where it's coming from sometimes. Yeah. That's a great point. I mean, the first, my first, very first Deepak seminar, uh, or actually it was just a lecture that I went to. I first saw him, I think in Nashville, you, you were probably there too. Um, he played, I think that the civic center downtown the first time in like 93 or something like that. And he came out and he said, I'm not here to teach you anything. I'm here to help you remember what you already know. Love that. Because we do, knowledge is based in consciousness. Knowledge is based inside. And there we do have so much innate natural wisdom, mm -hmm. you know, and I guess, yeah, that's been my interest is tapping into that. And yet I also love, I mean, I just love the wisdom that you have too. Of course, you're my go-to for all things. Yeah, but you know, it's really nice. I, re I remember, you know, back 20 years ago, I felt I needed a lot of mechanical tools, testing tools, lots of things like around the office equipment. And now there's so much in, you know, in there that so much comes in. There's so, there's so much available right away, just from just memory retrieval or just downloading almost that what just comes being present. Yeah. yeah. And just, just being, being present. present, just allowing it to drop in because it's there. It's all there. Yeah. You know, it's still, it's still in that tissue <laughs> sometimes, and then it's out into the ethers and it's around and, you know, it's beautiful how it comes in. I mean, there's times in my office, people go, why did you just say that? How did you know that? I was like, I, I don't know how I knew that. Why would I say that? You know, or it could be a reference to something. It just happens to fall in beautifully. So and then there's always beautiful tools around too, lab work that gives us a lot of insight and x-rays and things like that. But sometimes yeah. we can just, we have some innate abilities that we just, you know, have to let them be, let them come. Arise. Yes. Let them arise. Fluidism, a flittering. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Did you have any worthiness issues? Of course. Yes. 
Have you had any ahas around your worthiness? Every day. (laughs) Still working on that one. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. You talk about yours. Have you? So the big one for me was, um, I recently told this story the other day. It's in my book, Manifestation Handbook, um, that I keep saying I'm going to do the audio to, and I haven't gotten around to it. But um, so I remember when I was in my 30s, a lot of things happened in my 30s. I think they call it the Saturn. No, the Saturn return is when you're 27. Anyways. Not that I'm into astrology much, but um, so so I remember my mom calling me. I'd been in Nashville for about five years, and she's like, "So why do you think?" Because she's into manifesting too, and get, you know your desires and stuff. She goes, "Why do you think you haven't gotten a record deal yet?" And I so I thought about that, and I was like, I was meditating at the time, and so and just kind of in the my mind for a couple of weeks as I was getting ready to record my first CD. Well, it was a cassette back then. Um, I was getting ready and I was like, why haven't I gotten what I wanted? And I realized that I didn't feel worthy. Like I, I, I felt even though in, in my consciousness, like my, in my mind, I was like, in my intellectual mind, I was like, everybody deserves whatever they want. But my subconscious I could, could tell was like, what makes me so special that I could get a record deal and make a lot of money and travel around the world? What, what, why me? What makes me so special? That was the Mm. virus running in the background. So I was like, well, that's not good. How do I change that? So meditated stuff. Anyways, I was, I was had a dream one night, except for it wasn't a dream. I was taken on a journey of our evolution. I was like, I was like, I closed my eyes in my bedroom at night. And, and all of a sudden I was remember being a part of a big explosion and flying through the stars and, and I was thinking, oh my gosh, I remember this. I remember how we were all created. We were all, we're all, we were all consciousness and we're all one and we're all, we all created the universe together. And I remember being a part of consciousness, creating the earth and then creating oceans and then volcanoes into mountains. And I remember thinking, this is, this is that we're all one and we all created this all together. And then I remember being in the body of a wolf and I don't even believe that necessarily that wolves and or animals and people mix, but I was in the body of a wolf and then the wolf died. And then all of a sudden I was in the body of some Mongolian woman in a hut in Mongolia. Wow. I don't know how I knew it was Mongolia. I've never been to Mongolia, but <laughs> I actually looked up a hut recently in Mongolia and looked just like the hut I was in. And wow. then my mother was across from me and it was, she didn't look like my mother in this lifetime, but it, I knew it was my mother from this lifetime. And in, different face. And then my husband at the time was coming towards me and I was terrified. And then my eyes flew wide open and I was in my room in Nashville. And this voice said to me, you're a child of the universe and you deserve everything. Mm-hmm. And I, I started shaking and crying and walking around my apartment at three o'clock in the morning thinking, oh my gosh, I remember, I remember the beginning of the universe and how it all started. And and I've got to call everybody and tell them. And I felt like in my, in viscerally, then I got that we're all one and we all created this together and we all can do, you know, whatever it is we want in this life. Mm-hmm. So that and how was old a, were you then? How old were you? I'm thinking 32, 30s. 31. Yeah. yeah. And then in my state, I'm thinking, what are you on? <laughs> when I told you that story, what? 
are you on? Really? I should be no on. No drugs were involved. <laughs> I know. I know. It's beautiful, beautiful awakenings. But you couldn't relate to it back then. Not a bit. <laughs> Not for a second. <laughs> now hearing that story now again. I can, I, I get it. I understand it because, you know, it's interesting. I had this beautiful moment out this last year and was it last year or this year? Now I'm having awakening now. Last year. Last year. Yeah. And there was that, that moment, you know, of, of, and, and I wasn't on anything. It was in, in nature. Um, I, I don't do drugs anyway, and alcohol is very low in my life. Um, always has been. So I was very clear and, but I was in a silent retreat and the space allowed for just real, real experiences, real something. And that was the moment where everything connected like everything connected, the trees connected. So not only you were connecting with animals back then, but people were blending in, everything was blended in. And it was amazing. Like everything was one. It was all one. There was no disconnect from anything. And that is a beautiful feeling to know that, you know, imagine if everybody on this planet lived like that, that every, what I say or do or how I act or you, affects everything that it's it's a trickle a ripple effect you know imagine what an amazing planet now we get john lennon's song let it mm -hmm. be or imagine mm -hmm. now they you know they had something there too the beatles mm -hmm. their beautiful magic and experiences you know mm -hmm. what they tapped into so maybe Everyone on the planet will not get to experience that, but my goodness gracious, when you do, it could be, you know, from an experience of when the whale breached, you know, on our sailboat, that mm -hmm. was a oneness, like that could have been a all overness <laughs> at the same time, if the whale had come towards the boat, which they never will. No, they have control. It knows. If it can hear something eight kilometers away um, in the ocean, mm -hmm. I think it knew we were there, of course. Mm -hmm. But it was those moments, now that I'm more awake, more aware, um, letting the, the stories or the judgments or the caring of what others think and, you know, just letting all that stuff fall away, then... I want more of these kinds of uh, aha moments of, wow, wow, did I just see a panther? Did she just morph into the trees? What the heck? Like, that's amazing. Yeah. So. And the, and the theme here is like the, the more we let go of our stories, the more we don't identify with our thinking the more we are present in the moment, the more uh, available the experience of the oneness that's already there and can't not be there, the more it's available and to each of us. Yeah. And even in this moment, Ken, 
to think that when we discussed doing a podcast and I was like, oh, I don't know, we got to we'll be talking about like really real stuff and, you know, really authentic things. And, you know, I'm going to have to share experiences and, and life things. And not everybody wants to hear that. And, you know, I don't know if I want to. And then I stopped and went, what, what? Life is so precious. This is, we have to share. We have to, you know, open our hearts and share our stories. So what if they don't like it? So what if someone thinks that's bogus, that's foolishness, that's, you know what? We get to spend this week chatting about stuff. We get to have our friends and hopefully extensions of friends listen in and maybe just like a little bit or a lot of it or doesn't matter if they do or don't. We're yeah, it's that. it's once we put it, it's like any art. Once you put it out there, it becomes the world's, you know, we we put it out and and then it we don't it doesn't belong to us anymore. And and mm. even if it helps one person, that's what I always say, you know, as a singer, as it, my ego wanted this singer and to be known and to travel the world. And, you know, when I was young and have, have acknowledgement, I wanted to touch a lot of people and and how the the barometer was that. Now I'm at a place where if I, if it's just one person or really even nobody, like I don't need to, nobody needs me. I don't need to be a teacher and nobody needs me to be a teacher. You know, like everybody's life is their lesson. My life has been my lesson. Your life has been your lesson. My life has been my awakening and everybody's is. But of course we can inspire each other along the way. I've certainly been inspired by many people and many books and many movies and music and all this. And so we're here to help inspire and connect with each other. And, and, and so there's no attachment to if that happens or not anymore. I'm just, I'm just being me sharing me and I'm sharing my BFF and, you know, that's, that's all we do. And, and, and that's where it ends as far as, as we go, it's, it's like the rest the, is given to the universe. That's right. And in this moment where the saying aging is a privilege denied by many, how beautiful that we get to this point and we can share it and that we can let so much fall away. And, and the stories that we have to share, I mean, we got some funny stuff that we've experienced over our 30 over 30 years of knowing each other and we got to share some of that stuff i mean you know the more comfortable i get you know it's it's going to be it's going to be pretty funny plus you have an amazing sharp memory so sometimes i'm like i'm not sure when that was you're like oh i can tell you exactly when that was i know exactly <laughs> when that was it's like yeah so i was afraid of okay <laughs> yeah i'm excited i'm excited that we've got to spend a month together or really five, I think it's five weeks we get to spend together. We love it when that happens. I was, I was looking back because I have to look for photos of us to, to do for our podcasts and stuff. And we've got to do more when we're together for five weeks, but I was looking at old photos and we, even though you were married for 20 years and, and you've been living in Newfoundland, which is so far away from where I live in Nashville, we have spent a lot of time together in the past 35 years. We are so blessed. We have. Yeah, we really have. And we've, we've worked through a lot of stuff like, uh, you know, even even in the ego presentations of ourselves, right? We've worked through so much. I know I have, I know you've really been amazing and, and patient with, 
you know, when, when people go through divorces, you, you know, you went through yours later in life, but, um, when you're going through them and cause you had a lot more tools to use going through yours, you didn't have to talk about it as much, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so you were very patient and I thank you for hearing me and listening and, uh, we all have to be patient. I, I'm happy to, Eddie. I, it never even, you know, it, it's just what you do when you're such good friends with somebody like that. But it's it, so it's fun like, now when when I have to send something to you and I'll, um, I got this thing typed up and it's like, okay, I got it. And next, you know, I look at it and go, delete. And I'm going, everything's good. <laughs> or <laughs> having a day, you know, but the story's gone. And it was so funny. And when I would tell that to you, you would go, oh, okay. <laughs> good Ed it is good but it if I good. needed to vent it you were there too so oh yeah we watched major growth for sure mm -hmm. and you've helped me through so many and continue to help help, help me through so, to all my different health challenges and different not that I have had a lot of health challenges compared to many people but my certain health challenges that I've had you've you've helped me through so 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 much and uh and continue been, to do so it's been you're, I love our friendship. I love that we do this. I love that we talk about it. And sometimes, you know, you make me dig deep. So, you know, thank you for that. It's like you give me a little nudge and then, you know, it's, what's great about our friendship is, you know, she's getting a bit uncomfortable now. I can <laughs> <laughs> That's what friends are for. This is yeah. a great deep dive. Thank you, Eddie. Thank you for sharing so you know, intimately and honestly, because that does not come easy for you. I want everybody no. to know that that's not natural Eddie's go-to. And yes. so I love hearing it and I love that you're sharing it and it's going to be so good. Yeah. Digging deep, people. digging deep and, and sharing. And, you know, I've always, I, I always don't mind, but when, it, you know, when we get into the deeper stuff and, you know, it it's helpful. Yeah. It's helpful to share it. Yeah. 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 We're all walking each other home. Absolutely. Mm. Until we meet again, be well, be happy, be kind, be true to you.